For the benefit of those who may not have been with us last week, uh, Pastor Joey uh, was preaching, and uh, he had a very creative title to his message. It was Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Uh, this is what we've invested all these years in, Pastor Joey. This is what we came up with. So, nonetheless, we roll with it, because that's how we are at Belmont. We just roll with it, you know. Uh, but it was a great word about uh, how you, all of us as children of God, believers in Jesus Christ, are supposed to shine like stars in the night. Uh, in fact, Pastor, uh, guys, would you give me my first picture back there if you could? Yeah, there you go. These are uh, just a quick picture of all of these stars that we are to shine, like stars in the darkness. We're supposed to shine in this world for Jesus Christ. And as he was speaking, uh, a, a thought came to me and said, look at these stars. What, these are millions of miles away. What would a star look like up close? What would our life look like up close? And so I've got another picture of an actual star. That's what a star looks like up close. You see, stars are just like our sun. What makes them stars is they are totally engulfed in fire. And that got me to thinking, are we supposed to shine like Stars, does that mean we're supposed to be engulfed by fire? Are we supposed to be consumed by fire? And if so, what, what does that mean? Well, listen to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, where the Bible says this, speaking about Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? And fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, the word baptize there means to cover wholly or entirely. Uh, so, when we talk about water baptism, we just don't sprinkle a little water on you. We cover you with water, meaning you go down. And we usually hold you down until the bubbles stop. That's where we know we got all the sin out, and now you're good to go, right? So you're to be covered wholly or entirely with the water. Now, notice it said the Lord will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We understand that. But this thing with fire, it means that the Lord is going to cover our entire being, body, soul, spirit, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, what does being covered with God's fire look like? In other words, uh, today, I got a little bit more creative than Pastor Joey. I I've titled my message, the, the Fiery Believer, see, because we're all supposed to be on fire. Like, the Lord is going to baptize us with fire. So I want to talk about what a fiery believer looks like. And as I, I thought about it, there's two attributes that came to my heart about fire and what a fiery believer looks like. So let me get into those. The first one uh, is this word called passion. Everybody say that word with me, passion. Now, passion, by definition, means extreme, compelling emotion. Extreme. This is not just light. This is an extreme, compelling emotion. 
And as I thought about this passion, I thought about how uh, when, when it comes to sports, most uh, sports fans are very passionate, right? We get uh, football season is just around the corner, and everybody's getting geared up, and, we're, and, and, and America is very passionate about its football. And you know how we know it's that way? Because people who never lift up their voice often lose their voice when they're shouting their team on and encouraging their team on. They get hoarse. They lose their voice altogether. They get, all of a sudden, somebody who's never passionate becomes passionate. And you see on television, even you get people that in frigid weather, you get these guys that, that come uh, with no shirts on, no T-shirts on, they're bare-chested, and they got uh, the, the, uh, a bee for bears on their chest, and you're like, there's a fool. <laughs> Maybe not a fool. They're passionate, right? We get passionate about things. I don't know if you see in the news lately, this whole thing that's going on in Hong Kong, all of these uh, people that are demonstrating, and they're passionate about the cause that they want to see take place in Hong Kong. It's amazing. People who are conservative by nature all of a sudden get into the streets, and they get very passionate. The truth is this. Every single person in this room and everyone watching over us on the internet, we are all passionate about something. Every single one of us. Some of us are passionate about sports. Some of us are passionate about cooking. I want to meet you if you are. <laughs> we get passionate about shopping. No? No takers? Come on, there's something here. There you go. Give me one. I got one. Is there another one? <laughs> but we're all passionate about something. Uh, and as I thought about this, here's the verse that came to my heart. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. The word zeal there in the Greek literally means furious, intense enthusiasm. Think about what the Bible is saying. As, as God's people, never be lacking in furious, intense enthusiasm. And the word fervor means to have intense heat emotionally. So think about what the Bible is saying as a a fiery believer, we're to burn with passion. That means we're, we're to be passionate about worshiping the Lord. We're supposed to be enthusiastic. We're supposed to have this intensity about praising and worshiping God. Thank you. I got one amen on there. We're supposed to have this enthusiasm, this fervor, this, this emotional heat about serving God. Something is wrong when it's your time to usher and you're like, oh, I got to usher today. Right? When we get to that place, something has gone wrong. We've lost our fire. You see. And the Bible says, make sure you keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. 
Make sure you stay passionate about worshiping God. Make sure you serve the Lord. Again, can I, can I go back to my sports? Some of us who have never raised our hand in worship, and the Bears call a touchdown, you go, yeah! Oh, 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 my hands go up. Check that out, a miracle. And the Bible tells us here, make Sure, which means if we're not careful, we can lose the fire. Make sure you stay passionate about serving God. Make sure you stay passionate about worshiping God. Make sure you all remain enthusiastic and you have this intense heat about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, a passionate believer, the fiery believer, unashamedly shines for Christ in this dark world. You see, brothers and sisters, listen to me, because there are times where we somehow think that Christianity is an undercover religion. That people are, are, you know, I, I don't want anybody to know that's my business. I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. As Pastor Joey preached last week, we're to shine brightly in this dark world, right? We don't light a lamp and then stick it and hide it under a basket so nobody can see it. We're supposed to shine. And part of that shining is you've got to have the fire of the Lord in you, and that means you have to be passionate. And, right, and listen to what the Bible says about you and I sharing our faith. Uh, I'm going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture in chapter 2, the book of Acts. The, the, the church, which is a small group right now, they've been praying because the Lord had told them, you wait until you receive power from on high, and then you're going to be my witnesses. So we pick it up in, in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, in verse 3 and 4. They saw what seemed to be tongues of what? Come on, say, tongues of what? Fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, come on, say all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So now you find that all of a sudden they're having this meeting and God pours out the Spirit and fire and every single one was now filled with the Holy Spirit and there was a physical evidence that God sent and it was what seemed like tongues of fire over each one of them. Why did God pick fire? Of all the things God could have picked, why did he pick fire? Could it be that God wanted to send his people a message that when we are filled with the Spirit of God, there has to be, there must be passion behind our service, right? But this is no ordinary passion we're talking about. Remember, it's got to be intense. It's got to be compelling passion. Why? Because then we find all of a sudden now, this crowd that was in this upper room somehow winds up in the streets praising God. How do we know? Well, verse 11 says, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, listen to what the crowd is saying. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. 
So Jerusalem was, uh, was filled with uh, people from all different cultures, all nationalities, speaking different languages, and the uh, people of God are, are locked away in a room. They're worshiping God, waiting for God, what God promised. The promise comes. God baptizes them in the Holy Spirit and in fire, and the next thing you know, they're out the door of the church, and they're in the streets, and they're praising God. Now, what a sight that must have been. Can you imagine if God put out his spirit and Belmont all of a sudden, everybody gets up, unified, and out into the streets? Now, now we got a miracle there going. But the miracle gets better because not only are we out in the street, everybody continues to praise God. Now, wait a second. It's one thing to praise God in church. It's difficult sometimes to get people even to praise God in church. But now you're talking about going outside and praising God. Yeah, they went outside, and they're all praising God, and they don't realize something is happening. Listen to me now. They're praising God, but they don't realize that there are people who understand their language. Listen. When we are filled with the passion of God, the fire of God comes, it should erupt in worship that is intense. And listen, you never know who's listening to your worship. You may think, oh, but isn't it private between me and God? Not necessarily. Listen, there are times where people can come into this room and they're not they're feeling well, or you're, you're home, and people, all of a sudden, now, you start praising God, and your passion, your fire begins to rub off on them and encourages them and strengthens them, right? And these people heard everything that was going on. They could understand that. They're, they're praising God in our language. You talk about extreme. I've never seen a church service take place that way, where spontaneously everybody goes outside and the service continues outside. And nobody is ashamed to praise God publicly. And you talk about compelling? Listen, as a result of that, they wanted to know more, and it gave Peter, the opportunity to preach the message of his life, and thousands were added that day, simply because God's people were ignited by the fire that comes from heaven, and that fire translated into them having this intensity in their worship and their praise, and that opened the door for the message of the gospel to go through. Are you listening to what I'm talking about this morning? How when we gather together, brothers and sisters, this is not the time to be conservative. Uh, what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about people running around the church and getting crazy. Uh, what I'm talking about is having that passionate worship that we are blessing and magnifying the Lord who is worthy of our praise. We are unashamedly lifting up our hands, lifting up our voice, and we are passionate for it, you see. Now, I'm not talking about emotionalism just for emotionalism's sake. I'm talking about there's a genuine spirit fire that God ignites the soul with that instantaneously causes worship to erupt. Passionate worship, compelling worship, 
is what we're talking about, you see. Now, the reason why this is so critical is because we can't shine in the darkness without the fire. And there's no fire without the passion. And here's why this is so critical. If you and I, as God's people, are not passionate about Jesus, why in the world would our unsaved loved ones want Jesus? Why would somebody want something that we are not passionate to possess? Right? If we, if we truly possess the Lord in the sense that, man, I got this incredible relationship with the Lord. And, and listen, you, I got to tell you about Jesus. I got to tell you what he's done for me. I got to tell you how good he is. There's, there's, at the very least, no one can deny your passion. You see. But if we're not passionate, then I can see and understand why our loved ones are not interested in coming to church with us. Now, some of us, we go through the all extreme, well, but if they come, Pastor, and I start getting a little bit hallelujah you know what I'm talking about, wouldn't that scare them away? Not necessarily. It might be the very thing they need to see, and they need to hear, and all of a sudden they realize you've got something they don't have. You see? We're talking about passion. Now, the second attribute of this fiery believer, after passion, buckle your seatbelt, here it comes, is purity. Purity. Now, by definition, purity is the freedom from a corrupting element, in this case, sin, right? That's what purity is all about. So the Lord... He baptizes us, he immerses us, he engulfs us, he consumes us with his fire in order to purify our lives. See, part of the fire, you, you got the passion, but then you also need to recognize there's a purification that God is going to need to bring about. There are things in our life that God wants to get out of our life. And he does that by the fire. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says this. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of what? Trials. That's, this means difficulties, hardships. Okay? Verse 7. These have come, the trials, the difficulties, the grief, so that... The proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by what? Fire, excuse me, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So what Peter is saying is there are difficulties you're going through. There are hardships you're going through. They have been ordained by God because they're like uh, gold that's refined in the fire. God has to refine you and I. There's a refining that is constantly taking place in the believer's life. And and there's a purification uh, that needs to take place. And you may say, why is this an attribute of the fire of God? Why do we need this purity? Well, it's simple. People see our life long before they hear our words. That's the simple truth about that. 
right? We can't shine brightly in the darkness without purity because people will look at our life and examine our life long before they examine the words that come from our lips, you see. And like it or not, here's an element of truth that I think a lot of Christians don't understand. This world, and by that I mean the, the, the world view, especially here in America, but all across the world, the world has a view, a perspective of what a Christian's life ought to be. In other words, you can go outside, you can talk to your unsaved loved ones who have never embraced Christ as their Savior, and they will tell you a born-again Christian is supposed to live this way, this way, this way, this way, that way. They have this perspective of what it means, what a life that lived by Christ's authority, how it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to do, how are they supposed to speak. This world has that perspective. And like it or not, if you and I do not fall into that perspective, we don't have a testimony. Let me give you an example. We live in a day and age where... There is, unfortunately, a, a, a freedom that's coming into the church, into the people of God. It's a freedom of the of use of alcohol. Now, here's why this is a problem. Because this world has the view, the perspective, if you are born again, you're not supposed to drink. You may not like it. You may not think it's accurate or right, but that's what it is. You know how I know? If this was a can of beer, and I went to talk to my unsafe brother with a can of beer in my hand, what do you think he's going to be looking at? Before he hears my words, he's looking at the can of beer. In his mind, he's saying, and you are a real Christian? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, am I talking the truth here? And so we live in a day and age now of, quote, freedom, where all of a sudden believers are forgetting we're supposed to shine like stars in the night. But the night will tell you that's not what a star does. In other words, there's got to be a certain standard of moral purity in your life and in my life if we're going to have a testimony, if our words are going to carry weight in people's lives. Now, listen to what the Bible says. Uh, Pastor Joey read this uh, scripture last week, but it bears reading again. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, do everything. Come on, say everything with me. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and what? Come on, let me hear it. Pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then, come on, say then, then, in other words, not before, but yet then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Okay, let's go back. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. If you have been grumbling and arguing on your job, you're not shining like a star in the night. 
My Bible says do everything. Yeah, but they've been mistreating me. Do everything. There's no loophole here that God offers you and I. We're not supposed to be people who argue. We're not supposed to be people who complain. We are supposed to be people who shine like stars in the night. But wait, Pastor, how can we do that? The fire purifies. See, the fire of God purifies all of these character traits, the argumentative spirit that we can have. Because, again, we're living in a, such a time where everybody's arguing about something. And we got Christians all over the map joining in on the argument. Yet the Bible says, do everything without arguing. Oh, oh, but, but you don't know about our president. Stop complaining. We have Christians who go from church to church. Why? Because something happens in the church, they start complaining, and nobody listens to their complaints, so I have to find another church. Do everything without complaining. I like to bring this up to my wife, too. <laughs> Not a bad scripture to, to, for marriages. Yeah. I'm going to pay for that later, but that, you know, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> Can you imagine how great marriages would be? Can you imagine how tremendous family life would be if nobody was arguing or complaining? Young people, hello. Stop complaining about your parents. Okay, there's a parent there. <laughs> there are things that take place, sins, and are part of our character flaws. It's not just limited to arguing or complaining. There are things in our life, character flaws, that God begins to point out. Some of them come through trials, difficulties, that all of a sudden bring out what's already there, but it brings it to the surface in a way like uh, it would not without the trial. And all of a sudden, the impurities come. You know, when, when, when gold or silver is purified, the fire is turned up really hot. And all the impurities come to the surface, and it's all skimmed off. And that's why the fire of God does in our life. The Spirit of God ignites a fire, and all of a sudden, things begin to happen. You begin to see how truly sinful you really are. And that's the only time that God can begin dealing with those things and get them out of our life, you see. We need that purity to come, to shine brightly in this darkened world. Our lives have to demonstrate what our mouths profess, right? That's what this is all about. Worship team, if you would come and help me, please. It is impossible, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, to shine like stars in the night if our lives are not engulfed, not consumed by the fire of God. And in that means these two attributes of passion and purity are playing a pivotal role in all of our lives. And these two go together. They cannot be separated. And let me tell you why. If you have passion without purity, you have cultural emotionalism. I've been in church and sometimes here as well where people get excited because it's what's expected. 
And we get all the, it's easy to get more excited when you're in church. And we got hallelujah, oh, Pastor Jason worshiping, they're singing my song, and we're having a good time. That's cultural emotionalism when there's no purity. What does that mean? Cultural emotionalism without conviction tarnishes testimony. Let me say that again for all of us. Cultural, cultural emotionalism without conviction tarnishes testimony. We want to have passion, but we've also got to have the purity. And by the way, purity without passion leads to snobbery and pride. <laughs> I don't do what they do. You know, I, I, I'm holy. God, God's dealt with me. I love holiness. And we get that purity, but without passion. And all of a sudden, pride rears its head in our lives. That's why we need both passion and pride. Stand with me. Passion, excuse me, uh, purity. Thank you for correcting me. Passion and purity. Now, here's the thing. You know, our, our scripture from Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, we're going to put that back on the screen. Listen, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Last thoughts. You can't produce holy fire. I can't give you holy fire. You know, there's the, again, under cultural uh, uh, emotionalism, sometimes, oh, pray for me, Pastor, and then, and then it'll come. You know, my hands have no power. There's no one in this room or in this church that has the power to transfer to you fire from God. Only Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit and fire. Only Jesus can do that. See? Now, there's two ways we, we need to understand this for us. If we've never been baptized with fire, well, then we need to come to the Lord and ask him to do what only he can do. And for those who've been on the journey for a while, the truth of the matter is sometimes we're not careful and the fire starts going out. And we wake up one day and there's no passion. I'm not saying we don't love Jesus. I'm not saying we're not saved. But we, we, we have lost something. Oh, somewhere in the journey, the fire went out and, and, and we're not burning brightly anymore for the Lord. We're not passionate about worship. We're not passionate about serving him. There's nothing compelling about our life that will cause people to say, I want what you want, what you have. So even as children of God, seasoned believers, there's times that we need a fresh baptism of fire so that not just in here where we're gathered together, but more importantly, when we go out into the darkness, in our jobs, in our school, in our community, wherever it might be, we can shine like stars in the night because we have been baptized, engulfed, consumed 
with the fire that comes from above. Pastor Jason, would you help us? 